0: Hello, and welcome to the Hoff Podcast. I'm Daniel Turner, the pastor of the Tyler House of Faith. We take these messages from our weekly services and then release them here on our podcast channel for you. We we'll hope you dig it. All right, yeah, good to see you guys. Good to get going. I love this stuff. I really do. I um, You know, when I read the Bible, a lot of times when I go into my room and like I sit down and read it, I instantly feel like I'm at home. It's like, boom, I'm at home. It's the strangest feeling. And, and it's like from coming from re- reading a book that I dreaded to read as a kid, didn't want to read it, kind of refused to read it. And, um, but even when I see the characters, I feel like I'm around my family, my brotherhood, brothers and sisters that have walked this thing. And it's like, I feel the heart of God and even the heart of all of them, this inspiration To teach it and to articulate it in such a way that people actually get it, get it the right way and see it as it really is. Like these are real people. And um, and so I love to do this part of my job is something I really love. You know what I'm saying? Basically reading the Bible with our family and just trying to literally open it up and watch it like a movie and explore the concepts as the Holy Spirit. God has breathed into this book these concepts that I feel like the enemy has has done a good job to try to distract people from, so that they don't see something that is so in plain sight. Because the enemy is a terrorist and he uses fear to manipulate people. He uses fear to keep people capped. And um, it's like, fear causes people that deal with this anxiety and fear and pressure to forecast the worst case scenario in their future, you know? And so, Then they go about their life believing in this worst-case scenario possibility, but also just hyper-vigilant to protect themselves from those bad things happening. And so then they pick up on cues or clues or signs that confirm those fears. And because man is created in the image of God with this authority, this power, this faith, to literally usher reality into the earth, they end up ushering that negative reality into their life and experiencing it. Yeah. And the devil wins in their life. You know what I mean? It's like that's, that's the game. And you hear stuff like, I, I knew this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen to me. It's like you, you did. You foresaw it and tractor beamed it in, you know. But some of these guys that dealt with um, so much fire, you know what I mean? Somebody I want to look at today most likely I think I want to look at Peter We've done a lot of Paul stuff with this mentality of the past tense victory of Jesus But these things that Peter came and said that he wanted us to grasp Because he only wrote he wrote his two books in the Bible right first and second Peter And he really wrote Mark really John Mark wrote Mark but it's Peter's story you know what I mean So it's really his book in my you know professional opinion and belief Um, I mean it is it's his story Because he was there. Um, Which is interesting when you look at Mark through that lens. But anyhow, I'm going to stop nerding out on you guys real quick. Um, But he says things like in 2 Peter 1, like about God that he's actually given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Like already, this past tense thing has been released. And it's like, don't go into the trap of working to get something you already have or feeling inadequate. Because you and him is a majority that over, out trumps anything in this reality, in this planet, in this world, and in the universe, and the universe is to come, you know, all these things. And it's like he's given you everything according to life and godliness. And this is like our brother, our big brother, writing by the, the words of our dad are coming through him. But he's speaking this encouragement to us, like to believe that everything is in you and don't live by that other forecast of lack. In danger coming for you, but actually to be on offense, he says something, and I love First uh, Peter two twenty four because he's literally, he, he literally quotes Isaiah right. Um, Isaiah says that by his stripes we were healed, you know, which is great because there's a past tense. There's a past tense verse about the crucifixion before it had even physically. Happened on the earth, <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is just a mind-bending concept if you really think about these things, you know But Jesus was crucified before the foundations of the earth like time is just time is just not what we've made it out to be we're not limited by it and um, But there's Peter again in in first Peter 224 saying Jesus himself He bore our sins on the tree that we have died to sins might live for righteousness and then he tags this by whose stripes you were healed and i love that he says you isaiah says we but peter takes it personally and throws it into our hearts you know what i mean by the spirit of god himself by his stripes this is your reality this is your true forecast and he's given you everything pertaining to life and godliness in this life and now you have been given by faith this authority to cause that reality, to see it in him, to see what he's truly done and cause that reality to be yours and to be implemented through your life. You know what I mean? And because we can, we can get stuck in the time loop that Peter in the Bible is not stuck into, right? And I was reading, you know, recently, I read this week, um, Matthew 14, I was looking at, you know, Peter walked on the water with God, with the Lord, you know. You know, and it's, it's funny um, because in Mark, when it tells the story, which is Peter actually giving the story, Peter leaves the part out that he was the one that stepped out and walked with him. So there's some humility there. You know what I mean? Because if I wrote that book, I'm letting everybody know that I was walking on it. <laughs> and I'm like... They say I fell in, but I got a good seven, eight steps before I fell in. It was actually really awesome. You know, and that's the way (laughs) the human nature, you know, whatever. But Peter, like being a mature brother of ours, it's like, he didn't focus on that on on his end. But old Levi, old Matthew, he put it in there. So maybe he's like, well, Matthew already got him with it. So I'll be, you know, anyways. So in Matthew, you have this story. Of this of, of Jesus literally walking across the water. And and I basically just said it, you know, you know what happens is, is Peter actually walks out to him. You know. First they're saying, It's a ghost, it's a demon out there, it's a water spirit or something, you know. Matthew 14, 26. But says, But immediately Jesus speaks to them and he says, Be of good cheer, it's me. It is I, don't be afraid. You know? It's like, imagine this, we've heard these stories, but this is somebody walking on water during a stormy, nasty night, you know, when they're straining at their oars. Um, don't be afraid. But Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And this is, this is a strange reaction, you know? Um, to which Jesus did say, come. <laughs> like, like, let's get it. And he came down to the boat and he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and he, then he began to sink. So he didn't even fall all the way in. He started to sink in. Can you imagine that? You're standing there and you're starting going down, down, down. It's like Oh snap, you know what I mean? Like he reached out and grabbed him. Save me, Lord, <laughs> you know. And Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. But it's like, here's the mentality of this man, our big brother, who's, who's writing these things to us. You've been given everything pertaining to life and godliness. It's past tense. Uh, by his stripes, you, you are actually healed. You know what I mean? There's, there's this reality that he stepped into that's outside of time and space that he has this track record with seeing Jesus do things on a regular basis that would have blown anybody's mind. But not only that, he didn't have the, what a lot of people have these days, the, the, the religious luxury To put Jesus, to separate Jesus from his humanity and be like, yeah, but that was God. But that was God. Because he stepped out and did something that only God could do as well. You know what I mean? So he didn't have this luxury that is easily disproven through good teaching of the Bible to separate things and and to go into a place of just not expecting anything having to do with heaven on earth, you know? He didn't have the luxury to take the prayer that Jesus gave him to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your kingdom come and would your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, the manna, the communication from God. It's like this prayer that we, it's so blatant and obvious and easy to see, prove and read for anybody that has eyeballs and can read. That literally meant connect to God, the manna of heaven, the bread, the relational connection. And your responsibility as a son, daughter and a human being is to actually release what's there here. You know, he didn't have this, he didn't have somebody, that, well, that's just talking about heaven when you die, or when Jesus comes back, or when, the, you know, when the fulfilling, you know, of all the Gentiles have come in, or what, you know, he didn't have any of these, these doctrines of demons, the way the Bible calls them, uh, he didn't have these pressing his mind, because he had actually stepped into something that was eternal with this man, and so now he's saying, hey, he's given you everything pertaining to life and godliness, he's not saying pray and intercede for a, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, you know, 24 hour worship, you know, he's not doing any, any of those games and gimmicks, none of those, he's saying he's given you everything pertaining to life and godliness and by his stripes, one, you, he was hung on the tree, you were, you've died to sins and now you can live to righteousness, not go to heaven when you die, you can live in the here and now under righteousness, right with him, but also by his stripes, the inheritance of Adam is no longer supposed to be yours and you can walk yourself out of that and it's given to you and so here's the water walker saying this you know what i mean cuz he stepped into something and i when i look at that and i and i think of everybody being going from straight panic mode cuz jesus is is a is a, a mermaid uh uh whatever nephilim you know water spirit demon thing oh it's evil you know it's coming after us it's like hey it's actually me don't Don't freak out and be afraid. You go from terror to being like, if it really is, let me do that. You go from terror and fear to like, I want to do something impossible. Well, wow, that's arrogant and presumptuous. No. This is something coming alive on the inside of this man because he saw capability. He saw something in the son of God who is the son of man, the God man, who is the word of God, right? So if you've seen him, you've seen the Father, right? And if you've read like John 14, like the people that believe in me will do the things that I do and even greater things. So these, these red lettered words are alive to this man. And it's like, hey, if I can see that, I can have it. It's like Elijah told Elisha, I want the double portion of your anointing. Well, that offends me. That's how Elisha acted. Well, if you see the mantle, you can have it. Boom, he saw it, he had it. And he's calling him bear, the, bear, the bear gang after that. You know what I mean? If you know the story, thank you. Uh, but the thing about it is, is Peter sees something and I think involuntarily something is unlocked within him. Something within him wants to do that. Let me, if it's you, tell me to come. Like what? Like, well, where are we going to go? Like you're already in the boat. I'm, you know what I mean? Like, why do you want <laughs> to, you know what I mean? But something came alive in him. Something we say all the time, right? The second Corinthians 3.14. And um, that we are transformed as we behold the Lord as He truly is. We're transformed from glory to glory. We actually become like Him. We see Him. And so here's the Word of God, who, not as He's the express image, He's the Word, He's the fullness of deity bodily, bodily, it says in Colossians 2. It's like He's all these things, but He's also the expression. Like the things He does, the way He acts, is His Word and description for us to read and to see. You catch it? You know? And so by him seeing that, he sees, you, you're not allowing me to see this because I'm not capable of it. You're triggering something, and it triggered him. Everybody's triggered these days by negative things. But if you know the Lord, you'll be triggered into your true identity. And Peter's like, hey, if that's you, I, 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 I tell me to come too. I, I'm in. Something came alive in him like I can do that. Something came alive in him. And then Jesus' word is what? Yeah, come on. Do it. <laughs> and, and he did it. You know. This concept. If I see Jesus do it, then that's a message to me. Peter takes the book of Isaiah, right? And he takes it personal and, and spins it. I don't say spin it in a negative way. He filters it. I don't say filter in a negative way. He actually releases it unto us right first peter 412 you know so i'm sorry first peter 224 and so here he is like listen he bore our sins but also by his stripes you were healed he takes it from we were healed past tense and he makes it he takes isaiah 53 and he makes it personal But here's somebody who sees Jesus walking on the water and he takes that as a personal sign. That's me. Remember, catastrophizing, fear, anxiety, you know, literally causing people to forecast, to visualize the worst case scenario in order to kind of steer themselves away from it. But what it really does is it causes them to attach their faith to it, look for cues, look for signs of it being real, then they make it real and they usher it into this reality. Peter's doing the opposite. By his stripes, he's making it very real. Your reality is the victory, everything that Jesus has paid for. You dig? And Peter's saying this from a real perspective, like, no, I saw it, and it was triggered in me. If you see it in him, you can have it. He's he's allowed you to see it for a reason. We can have that level of aggressive ownership of the life of Jesus in our own life, and we're supposed to. Yeah, man. It's true. If I see him do it, it's a message to me. And even then, he asked him, Hey, like, I think you're doing this. I think I can do this because it's you. But just to make sure, if it is you, would you speak into that? And he does. He says, come on. You know? You see the concept of it? Jesus is our Visualization. The victory of the cross is the way we filter and grid all of our reality. It's not a fearful view. It's a completely different view. It's a full view. He's given me everything according to life and godliness. If I'm I'm running into a wall or if I'm not experiencing that, there's a reason. But it's not lack on his part, right? But I can connect to him. I can step out of this moment, be mindful, be present in that relationship with him. And guess what? The answers come. The breakthrough comes because everything's been given to us already. It's really cool. To receive the word, and I mean even the Bible, and all the words of the Lord, just like Peter did, when he received that word of the Lord, him walking was a word because he obviously saw it and was unlocked, and he is the word that's made flesh. To receive the word of the Lord from God, it actually unlocks the matrix. It unlocks the, 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 the lesser reality Right, that Hebrews 11 says this place is. By faith we understand that the worlds, the planets, it literally says, were framed by the word of God. That which made it is more real than that which we can see. So that's Hebrews 11, two and three. And so the reality is we step out of the laws of this place and into the laws of the kingdom, and that is faith and that's our job to release. And Peter's sitting here talking about it. You know, we, I think we mentioned it, or I mentioned it, <clears throat> When Peter and John were walking in Acts 3, and he literally sees what, uh, the guy that's been paralyzed for his whole life, since birth, begging for money, and he's like, hey, I don't have money for you, I don't have silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. It's like, it's not about what we don't have, it's actually seeing what we do have and releasing it. I love the, I love, you know, people made a big deal about Peter too, and, and they obviously still do, enter Catholicism, right? But um, there's also passages of Scripture where Peter really puts his foot in his mouth. Or other apostles, like the newest one, Paul, has to come and rebuke him in front of people. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it shows that he's just a human, and he's just one of us, but he's trying, he's walking this life out and having his mind rewired by this spirit and by this word and by this relationship that he stepped into. But he's big brothering us into that same thing. He's like, look, this is the way we're supposed to be. This is the way we're supposed to live and walk. We don't accept the forecasts, you know, the um, diagnosis (laughs) of fear and of this fallen world. He's like, you are the ones here to dictate reality. And you have that to make manifest. I love it. It's um, people would, they carried people. This became... I believe Peter's reality to such a degree that they would carry people into the streets in Acts 5 just hoping, hoping that his shadow would touch them so that they would be healed. It's just like, which is, it's an interesting thought. It doesn't mean that Peter's shadow was a healing shadow, but it was like the reality of mind that he was walking in from his encounters and relationship to the Lord was actually contagious. You know what I mean? And so like, you're living in a, uh, I don't even know. It, it, it's, it's so similar to the Israelites being in the wilderness and the cloud by day that covered them and the fire that was in the night. Like, they were covered under... Their climate out there was not desert climate. They, it just, they were there, but they had a different climate that they were under, you know? A warm, hovering fireball at night when they, when they were cold and couldn't see outside. You know, it's just... It's beautiful. But Peter's... Vibe. This, the way that's written is like people wanted to get close to him. Can you imagine if our reality exuded the, the peace of God and the fruit of his spirit, love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, to such a degree that people just wanted to be around it because they could feel at home. They could feel the shadow of the Most High. Not us. They felt the essence of, of Big Brother, of Papa. You know what I mean? Of Abba. And it's just like they felt safe. You think about Jesus, man. Pharisees always trying to attack, attack him, talk trash about him. You're illegitimate. Your mom's of this and that. You know, all these bad things. Really? Really shame. Just, you know, you, you testify of yourself. All these mean things. But who is comfortable around him? Sinners. A.K.A. sinners. <laughs> you know what I mean? Rough people. Why? S- something felt different about him. And people will say it. When he talks, it's not like the scribes. Something feels different about this guy feel like home. A bunch of lost boys and girls don't know where they're from. They get around that home, the the smells of home, the the atmosphere, the vibe, the peace, the, the acceptance. It's like, whoa, can I get into that shadow? Can I get into your shadow real quick? You know what I mean? You know. But his reality was trumping reality. Not all the time. He made some mistakes even after these things. But he's big brother in us when he's telling us, "Hey, by his stripes you were healed," and I, oh, and by the way, you've been you've been given everything. Like, don't just like the serpent tricked Eve. Do this, and then you'll be like God. He's like, no, no, no. You've been given everything pertaining to life, God. You're not. He's not holding anything back from you. Yeah. Snake tried to make her think that it's not true. He's held nothing back from you. You're not waiting for her. your next, you know, out point, You know, you know how I think about that stuff, the biblical way. But. Um,
1: But I love it. He goes and
0: it says he's going around, you know, you've got, you got Saul gets converted to to Paul, which we've done the past several weeks, but he's going around and he steps in and he says one of what I feel like is one of my, the most beautiful quotes of Christianity. Um, It's like it came to pass in Acts 9 32 that Peter was traveling around all parts of the country and he came down uh, to the saints who dwelt in Lydda which actually that's pronounced Luda, which I think is great. Luda, you know, so he comes down to Luda, right? That's how it says for real. I got a couple, yeah. Throw them bows, remember that? Oh gosh, quit it, quit it. Come on now. Okay, that's the 90s or 2000, I don't know. All right. So he goes to Luda and um, there he found a man named Aeneas. Aeneas. Who had been bedridden for eight years and was paralyzed, and I love that. I think this is a lot of. I think this is a lot of people like this. Eight years, this this number eight, this new beginnings coming off the ark. Um, but Peter sees Ineas, He gets to where he's at. He's bedridden for eight years straight, and he quote his quote is Ineas, Jesus the Christ heals you. In other words, this ain't me. But this religion, because we call it Christianity, like they didn't have a term for it. You know what I mean? They didn't have a term. This is, they didn't call them Christians at this point, even in this day. Um, this is Judaism, and the Messiah came. This is, you know, this is the way, or this is the, you know, they don't, they don't really have, but, but it's, but the religion is, it's called Jesus the Christ heals you. This is present tense. This is past tense Peter speaking in present tense, This is what this religion is about, and it's not me, and it isn't my shadow, but it is my reality, and I want to communicate it to you. It's so cool. Jesus, the Christ, heals you. He makes you whole. Anything less than this is not Christianity. Anything less than wholeness, anything less than peace of mind, righteousness with God and with other people, anything less than these things isn't our full inheritance, but, we ha- but it's here for us, complete and total peace, freedom from fear and anxiety. No steering through that stuff, only let of faith, a projection of what has been accomplished for us. That's a thankful heart. Jesus the Christ makes you whole. Arise and make up your bed, and he got up immediately. So everyone who dealt, dwelt at Luda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. So this was a major thing. Dude had been bedridden, well known, eight years and he drops this one-liner that I could just say all day, Jesus, the Christ, he makes you whole. There's nothing else outside of this game. There's nothing else outside of it. And it happens. Now get up and make your bed up. In other words, like, which is so cool. Like Jesus tells, tells the guy in John 5, get up and take up your bed, take up your mat and walk. And so here's Jesus. Here's, here's Jesus Jr., right? There, here's, a, here's a follower. Here's somebody who's like, I've seen him do this, and I was there. And if that's you on the water, that means that's me, right? Yeah, come on. Okay, good. And here's somebody that's walked in this life, and he has a green light, which we all have, to live fully, full victory, right? And so he's pulling the same exact cards. Get up and actually make your bed up. Take your mat. Like, get up and, you know, Jordan Peterson, make your bed up to move on for the rest of your day. You're not coming back to it. You have power over this thing. Beautiful. All who dwelt in Luda saw it, it was great. But it says, at Joppa, which is a city very close to there, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas, that's what they called her. (coughs) And this woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. And it happened in those days that when she became sick, she died. And so they washed her and they laid her in an upper room very sad so she was a public servant she ministered to widows to many widows who lost their husbands and so she was younger than all them it was it was very messed up that she had died it was outside of the you know it wasn't natural at all they washed her and laid her in the upper room this is that's a, a pretty good progression to a funeral right this is rigor mortis this is all those things that we know as as you know people that have graduated high school it's just like, you know, that's what's setting in, right? And since, Le- since Luda sorry, was near Joppa and the disciples, and they heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him imploring him to come and not to delay. So they had a bright idea. They're hearing this stuff like, hey, bring him over here and, you know, let's get this. It says, Peter arose and went with them. When he had come, they brought him into the upper room, and all the widows stood by him weeping, showing, her, showing the tunics and the garments, the stuff that Dorcas had made when she was with him. And I think that's just such a beautiful thing, right? And, um, you know, it's like, look at all, you know, they're so sad. Uh, there's, it's traumatic. Everyone's broken. But Peter puts them all outside. He tells them all to leave. He cancels the funeral, because that's what happens there in the Middle Eastern funeral. There's Everyone's weeping and mourning. It's a big show. It's a big deal. Sometimes there's people that are hired to come be a part of it, singers and stuff. And um, So Peter actually does something very strange. He makes everybody get out, which is so familiar. And if you remember a story in Mark 5, which is Peter's story, y'all, you know what I mean? And it's a very personal favorite of mine. Um, the Lord's really used it in my life, and it's it's so beautiful, but there's there's a story of a man who had a very sick daughter. He was one of the rulers of the synagogues, a, a, a prominent Jewish man named Jairus, and his daughter was 12 years old. If you've read Mark 5 before, but remembering that Mark is Peter's story, um, Jesus went with him. He's like, I'll go with you. My daughter's on on the verge of death. Come, come. Pray for my daughter, right? You know what I'm saying? Just This is a flashback in the movie. Peter's remembering this while he's getting to this girl's house. And um, on his way, some lady with, a, with the issue of blood touches Jesus. She gets healed, and he's spending time with her. And I'm imagining Jairus is like, yo, man, tell this lady to leave. You're supposed to be coming to my house right now. This is, up, this is urgent. But while this is actually happening, in Mark 5, 35 and 36, the people that were under the rule of the synagogue and his friends, they literally showed up and said, hey, don't, don't, trouble, don't trouble Jesus, the teacher, any longer because your, your, your daughter's already dead. She passed away. Now we know as people that understand time that that's irreversible and this is bad timing and he wasn't there. And so it's, it's a done deal. Um, but I love Jesus' response when they come up to him and, they, and he's, in, he's in conversation concerning the woman and some of the people, but he actually hears them come to Jairus and say, hey, don't bother him anymore. It's too late. She's dead. And then Jesus inter- interjects into this man's consciousness. And he says, don't believe their forecast. Believe in me. You know? And I think this is beautiful. And this is Peter writing this down. Um, Jesus literally, as soon as he heard the words that were spoken, he looks at Jairus and says, do not be afraid, only believe. And man, that's, that's something so powerful. I didn't even intend to do that today, but it's something so important that fear causes people to forecast the worst thing, attach their faith to it, look for the signs of it. They're hypervigilant and it ends up manifesting in their life and they wonder why they have so much of this trouble. And Jesus, when that forecast of reality comes, he steps in and says, don't be afraid. Do not let fear steer you. Just believe in me. In other words, don't let your faith attach to that because that is a forecast that's not from me. I'm from somewhere else that's higher than this place. And so Peter is with him. He's watching all this stuff. You know, he obviously they get to the house and it says, Jesus walks up to them in, in Mark 5 and says, Why are you guys weeping and making all this commotion? And he, he makes everybody get out except for Peter, James, and John. So they're the only witnesses there, even of the disciples. And he comes into the girl's room, the 12-year-old Jesus does. And he says, what, after he put them all outside, he says, Talitha kumi, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. And like, what is the reason that in our Bible, we, ne- we rarely have words translated like that? You know what I'm saying? We rarely have it written. Most of the time it would say he, he took the girl by the hand. He took Peter's mother-in-law by the hand. Or he said, little girl, I say to your eyes. But for some reason, they Peter, articulating this story, has Mark write down and he said, Talitha kumi, which means little girl I say to you right, knowing that this was going to go out to other languages, knowing that this was going to be all over the world, knowing that there was something so key about that phrase, Talitha kumi um, that Peter was drawing from when he's reporting this gospel thing, you know what I mean? Which is so brilliant of our big brother who is you know influenced by our dad, the spirit of our dad, you know, so flashback, Peter's Ineas, you know jesus the christ makes you whole he gets called to joppa he's he goes in this upper room it's it's a very similar story it's just like oh the weeping is happening even more than that they're 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 not manipulating him right but his his emotions could have been so manipulated by the scenario. Because they were like, look what she made. She did all these things. Like, listen to how incredibly sad and terrible this is. And join us into this forecast. How, how unfortunate and how sorrowful and how da-da-da. You know, you catch up throwing the And he's like, all right, not to be rude. Get the flip up out of here. All of y'all, you know what I mean? Not, that's not how he said. I don't know what he said, right? But I know he told him to get out. Have a little fun, right? I teach the Bible thoroughly, so I can, you know, whatever. But anyways, it's just like, he, he says, hey, everyone, everyone out. It's like, wow, that sounds familiar. This is what he did at, at Jairus' house, right? This is what he did with a 12 year old. This is what Abba did. This is what the I am walking. What does this mean? Hey, if that's you on the water, something feels like that that's me on the water. And Papa's saying, yeah, I'm showing you, I'm showing you what you can do. I'm here to show you what you can do. I'm the firstborn of many brethren is manifesting the reality, the uncapped reality of humanity. And not only that, you'll see these things, you'll do these things, and you'll do even more than these things if you don't limit me inside of you. John 14. It's there. It's it's, it's not something that you have to cook up hard, you know? It's not something that you live in denial and beat your head against. Well, Jesus said greater works and so on. No, no, no. There's a discipline here of taking thoughts captive and continually sowing this seed into your garden until it becomes a larger tree and plant that anything it takes up so much space that it is your reality and Peter stepped into the point of no return Jesus is like are you guys going to leave me because I said you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood he's talking about communion which reverses all things Peter says we're not leaving you you have the words of eternal life it's like your words themselves are eternal life Peter said this it's like seeing his words seeing his demonstrations like this is the life for us this causes us to enter into it. If we don't let the the accusation of the carnal mind come and snatch it out the ground, this is our reality. And if it's not, we're not in this because Jesus Christ makes you completely and totally whole. Amen. Yeah, so here's Peter. He puts everybody out the door, out the room, you know what I mean? And like, he says, you guys have to get out. Just like he had seen. And I love this because I, I think this is so creepy. It's like, Peter put them out and he knelt down and prayed. And so there wasn't a formula here where he said, Ineas, Jesus the Christ heals you, like he did, you know, one one town over. He doesn't say, Dorcas, Jesus the Christ heals you. (laughs) Like, wake up, you know what I mean? Like, she's already dead. So if it was a formula, he'd just do the same thing because that worked last time. But here's somebody demonstrating the walk of knowing God. And it's like, all right, Abba, what's our play, you know? But he's already following what he's seen. He's already following the blueprint of the master, of the architect, who did it and brought them in specifically, those three, and specifically said those words, Talitha Kumi. He specifically did it, and Peter specifically recorded it. Why? Because it was important to him because it was important to him because of this right here. He kneels down next to a dead body that's been dead for quite a while, which is like, you know, nacho libre, Playing, praying for the guy with the flu. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's like, oh my gosh, there's a dead person right next to me. It's just like, whew, okay. I'm not going to be led of fear. Yeah. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to connect. You know what I mean? That's, that's traumatic if you're really there. And um, <laughs> then he turns to her body and says, Tabitha, Tabitha, arise and he says a word that rhymes with Jesus' word that he recorded in its original language in Mark 5. Because everyone called her Dorcas, you know what I mean? But he called her her true name, which meant Gazelle, he called her her true name and it specifically rhymed. And so I I just can't, you don't want to put too much mustard on the hot dog or like, you know, say things that aren't there, right? But at the same time, he comes in, he's like, her name's Dorcas, da 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 you know, some people call it Tabitha, and it's like, he has all these thing. these, it's called what? And he's having flashbacks of Talitha Kumi, you know what I mean? He's having, he's already like, here's a girl, she's way too young, she shouldn't be dead, I need to put all the people out. Whoa, her name, oh, that means little girl. That means, a. Uh, uh, that rhymes with, like, this is weird, this is the same scenario. He sits down, he gets the blueprint from Abba, What's, what is the play here? And he actually enacts it because he, because of what's done in the past tense, he's able to be present. Fear causes people to forecast things in the future. They're never present, so they're not useful. They're only looking for signs that point to the catastrophe that is coming so that they can be safe. Instead of being afraid, he, he realized he's so covered that Jesus the Christ heals you. That he's given you everything pertaining to life and godliness already. That by by him hanging on the tree, sin was removed from your lineage. And not only that, by his stripes, you were actually healed. So he's in past tense. Peter is able to be present tense. Peter, because he's not forecasting something that's coming. He's seeing this catastrophe as an opportunity. And because of that, heaven comes into the earth, comes into this upper room an upper room. She opened her eyes and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Then he gave her his hand and lifted her up, which is what Jesus did to Peter's stepmom. Stepmom? No, I'm sorry. Mother-in-law. You know? <laughs> so here's, I've never even seen that part before right there. But you know, that's what, Jesus come into, Peter's mother-in-law was sick with a fever when he first came to his house, took her hand, by the hand and let her up and she served them. Remember this? Yeah, so here's, here's Jesus Jr., uh, or a chip off the old block, doing another thing, enacting these things. Oh, that's a mimic. It's like, no, 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 it's, it's follow the shepherd. Yeah. Then he's taking her by the hand and lifting her up. And when he called the saints and the widows, he presented her alive. That's like a wedding ceremony. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, it is with great pleasure that I have the opportunity to announce to you for the very first time, Mr. and Mrs. I mean, I'm married a bunch of you guys in here and then your name, you know what I mean? It's like, but it's always, you know, it was always Mr. and Mrs. Anthony Smith, you know? Mr. and Mrs. Jake Harden. They take the, the, the husband's name, even though it's Kaylee, even though it's Krista, even though it's, you know, that's, that's, that's this biblical, Mr. and Mrs. Bradley Clark Bergfeld had the full name for him, you know what I mean? It didn't say Kaylee, you know what I mean? But it's like he comes and he presents this girl as somebody in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ makes you whole. Yeah, Beautiful. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got him. You got him. And so, did God strike her down so that Peter would raise her up? That's ridiculous. That's, that's ridiculous. No, somebody else struck her down. But what somebody else meant for something very dark got flipped to something very brilliant. Millions of people have read. Probably hundreds of them. I mean, this is a story in, a, in the Bible, the most read book in the world, probably. And it became known to all of Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. So he stayed there many days with Simon, a tanner. And then he has a vision that opens up the whole thing to everybody at at Simon's house. Brilliant. Beautiful. What's the point of today? I think there's probably a lot, there's a lot to take away there, but there's something about coming out of agreement with fear and the forecast of darkness and recognizing, I feel like as, as Christians, like we said last week and the week before we're coming to the place like, Oh man, he's done so much more for us than we've realized. He set us up for so much more victory because he's fully given it to us. You know, he's literally wait, seated in heaven waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool. He's empowered his body, he's empowered his people. And what we see in him, we have the authority to enact on the earth. Amen. But that is the key. Seeing him as he truly is, you know, it unlocks our person. It unlocks our being and it unlocks like our reality is Contagious. And somebody whose reality is heaven has a vicinity of heaven. We have the ability, you know, have you ever, were you ever raised in a house where, you know, maybe if mama wasn't happy, nobody was happy. You know what I mean? Or you know, if dad was in a mood, if the gators lost, which, that's not my dad. We were Gators fans, but that's not how he was. But I'm just giving examples, you know what I mean? You knew you better walk lightly. Don't spill your milk and stuff like that because it's a more priority to get smacked on and all these things. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, because we have energy that we can actually exude because we are human beings created in the energy and the image of God, you know what I mean? But our nature and the fruit of our tree is called to be the peace and joy and kindness and goodness, this welcome hospitality, this vibe of being at home that Abba has for all of us that even the sinners wanted to come sit with and felt totally comfortable even when they were rotten, in rotten things, you know what I mean? And this is us. But we must have our eyes off of ourselves because an eye that's on self is afraid and it needs and it yearns, you know, but an eye that's rooted in the kingdom, in the reality what Jesus has accomplished, has a thankful heart even concerning trials because they understand this is causing the roots to go deeper and this is an opportunity for heaven to manifest. And that level of faith and that attitude is a contagious thing in all of our workspaces, in all of our friend groups, in all of our relationships. You know. That we we don't the world doesn't need a track from us telling them they're going to hell if they don't join our club, right? They should be attracted to what we do have and want it, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, there's there's just so much there. It's just the Bible. That's how the thing works, you know. About four teachings there if we really wanted to. But um, Lord, we do thank you for the depth of your word and the layers of it. And all of our brothers and sisters that have gone before us for Tabitha, aka Dorcas, Tabitha, and, and you know, Aeneas and these people that have discovered you, Peter, you know, um, Cephas, Paul, uh, all of these, the, the demonstrations, Lord, may we learn to see you in the scriptures. To have, our, to have the veils taken off of us. Like it says in 2 Corinthians 3, to see you as you truly are from spirit to spirit, to worship you in spirit and truth, to see you as you are, to become unlocked in our being and in our person and to be those who are contagious with heaven everywhere we go, every place we set our foot, that we usher in your kingdom, that hallowed be your name and separate, your name would be separate from all that has been attributed to it wrongfully but that you are all light and all good and in you there is no darkness. Lord, let that reality be the banner of our house, the love of God, the welcoming of heaven. Amen.